Welcome to Outside the Tank, the first podcast in the world that interviews the entrepreneurs featured on Shark Tank. We get the inside scoop on how they got there, what lessons they learned, their biggest regrets, what didn't air on TV, what has happened to them since, and so much more. Prepare to be informed, inspired, and entertained. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. I'm Tom. I'm Joe. And we have Brad and Charlie of Digirap, Season 8, Episode 11, airing December 9th of 2016. We love these guys. These guys are great. They're awesome. They're scrappy. Love them. So they went into the tank asking 150000 for 10% of the business. And what the business is, is they make really cool custom tissue paper. Right. So that if you were at a corporate event and rather than just a regular blue bag and white tissue paper, you would actually see a nice bundled personalized thing with the company's logo and the brand. And so they make this stuff. Uh, They make it all in-house. It's not easy to make, um, but they've built a very nice business for themselves. Uh, The previous year, so before they went into Shark Tank, they had done 350,000 of revenue and they were on pace the the year of airing of doing 500,000. So obviously it's a premium product. It's going to be more expensive than your average bland, normal one color tissue paper, but it's really, really cool. And they would do very small lots and uh, a couple of the sharks couldn't get their mind wrapped around that, Uh, but they're doing stuff that no one else does and they're staying very, very focused. Um, they They had an offer. They had some sharks go out. Uh, Robert went out, he didn't see it uh, scaling. Uh, Lori was out. She made the comment that people just throw the stuff away. <laughs> so I think she missed the, the point of the impression of the logo. And um, Cuban was out, Bard was out, not enough of a market. But Mr. W, uh, Mr. Wonderful came down uh, to, I think, 35%. And then he threw a royalty in there. And he was at 50% plus a royalty. And on air, they took the deal with Mr. Wonderful. All right. So that's what happened. Now let's get into our interview with Brad and Charlie. All right. We're here with Brad and Charlie Digirap. And it's been quite a while since you were on. (laughs) Normally we talk to people. It was a year or even within the past 12 months. You guys, I think, are the uh, furthest back we've We've had one so far. <laughs> we are old timers. Yeah, and well, plus with the last year we've had, it feels like that was eons ago. Well, you still look the same. We were like kids back then. <laughs> you guys still look <laughs> so like the same. We, we, re- we recognized you from TV, so it hasn't <laughs> been that long. Um, well, let's let's start at the beginning, and obviously we'll, we'll cover Shark Tank, but I, I'm really excited to hear what's happened since. Um, but start at the beginning. Where did this idea really come from? Oh, wow. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, originally, I had a family business uh, printing and packaging, and uh, we had a client 
uh, one day that called in a panic and said, uh, we've got an event, we've got these boring gift bags uh, that we're going to be putting out at this event, and uh, we want to spice it up. And I know this is crazy, but can we, um, you know, we want to put uh, like branded tissue paper. In. It was actually for like an art exhibit or something. And so they want to take an artist's, uh, you know, their art, put it on tissue paper and then fill the bag with it. And I said, okay, well, you know, we could certainly try tissue paper is, is you know, pretty hard to print on, but, you know, maybe we could see what we could do. I said, how much time do we have for this? And she was like, uh, 48 hours. So I was like, holy crap. So we actually, you know, Charlie and I were up like all night for two days trying to figure out how to get this done for the client. Cause this was actually our biggest client. This was like a side thing for them that they were doing. So we, we had to impress this client. And so we kind of, you know, we mangled all kinds of sheets trying to get it to our presses and we got out, you know, she just needed like a hundred sheets for the event. So we managed to get it out. We sent it down to her. She said, oh my God, this blew people away. Um, you know, they just loved it. And she's like, how much do I owe you for this, you know, for this tissue paper? And I'm going, Jesus, you know, tissue paper is cheap. You know, I, I don't want to ask for too much. You know, I'm thinking like this probably cost me, you know, this cost us, you know, probably years of our lives staying up this late. And, but I'm like, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like a couple bucks a sheet too much to ask. And she's like, Oh my God, that's it. That's all you're going to charge me for this. And that's when the light bulb went on. It was like, holy crap, people are going to pay dollars for sheets of tissue paper. And uh, that was sort of the, the genesis of it. And then, you know, yeah. first, then we got together and we said, okay, we got to figure out how to. You From know, how then to on, it. we were like, okay, well, this clearly resonated with this particular customer. Can we kind of parlay this into an actual, you know, product? So that kind of, I had just started working at the family company, Brad Family Company recently. So it kind of became a project of Brad Knight. And then, so we started kind of dabbling with it and getting, uh, getting it up on a, on a kind of a very basic website and just kind of seeing where it went. And all the initial growth was very organic, um, you know, started very small, but we started to get traffic. And then, so we started to see that the product itself was picking up. So then we kind of got to a point where we had to decide, you know, what we we're going to do. And basically the family company didn't really, at the time, had other you know, challenges that I was facing and it was just kind of going to drop it. So I, you know, Brad and I got together and said, Hey, this is this is growing. There's something here. Why don't we do this as its own thing? And then thus did your episode. That's kind of the precipice of it. When, when you got it up on the site, you were trying to, that was your MVP. You're trying to test the market. Did you, was it just word of mouth? Did, did you do any kind of ad spend? So, yeah, we did a variety of different things. We, you know, the only thing we did, the only marketing we actually did at the very beginning was like Google AdWords. And so that, you know, when we were at the time, we we're like, just bid the highest you can just to make sure it shows up. So we're competing with like big tissue paper guys, but we just wanted to see the, what was coming through. In the end, it was like our, our, like our cost for a new customer was like $50, which at that point was just way too high for sustainable, but it was enough for us to get an idea of what people reacted. Once we had initial traffic, then it kind of started to grow kind of organically. I mean, it was crazy. One of the, one of the first big customers, we had had this site up, you know, with a product on it and it was old, old, old website did not look great. User experience was not good, but we had put something up there and within like two, three weeks of it doing it, we had an order from corporate Yahoo. So we're like, wow, that's pretty cool. That's a big name brand that is interested in this. And they were using it for some event they had. And then we just kind of kept seeing customers like that kind of scrounging the internet, looking for this product. And they'd eventually find us regardless. And they were willing to kind of put up with 
the you know the the shortcomings of our website and you know a full flesh idea. So we knew that okay, look, this is this has got legs. If we kind of spruce it up, change it, make a company around it, that it would potentially be successful. And how long were you guys at this before you appeared on Shark Tank? Right. So we had started the bread, the, the story kind of bread described to you of like the genesis of it. That happened in like 2012, 2013. We had been kind of pursuing it for a couple of years at the existing company, but we actually launched DigiRap in 2014. So it was like a two-year two year turn from when we actually launched the company to when we were actually airing on Shark Tank. Yeah. And how'd you guys end up on the show? Uh, it's actually a crazy story, right? So uh, we ended up going to one of those live auditions that they had. Um, you know, there's an open casting call in Chicago. Right. Town. Yeah, it was kind of a very serendipitous occasion where literally, you know, Brad and I have always been fans of the show and we're launching this company. And so we were learning a lot from the show, watching it and kind of aspiring to be on it one day, not really thinking it was realistic. You know, my mother-in-law calls me and goes, you got to go check this out. In two weeks, they're coming to a... Uh, do an open casting thing, casting call. You got to go. So we were like, oh, should, we should do that. But then, of course, work gets in the way. Two weeks goes by. We've done nothing. Yeah. So the night of, we're like hemming and hawing whether or not we should go. So basically, we're like, okay, let's just last second put it together. So like Brad goes to the office at like 5 a.m. Uh, I meet him there. We're like filling out the application. We're making some samples. I actually sent my dad to go get in line at the show to hold our spot. We ended up getting there. Like the whole thing's crazy, right? So we get down there. And we have to wait for like two hours. We get up there and they said, okay, come back in like three hours. So I called Brad. I said, hey, they're going to make us wait another three hours. Go back to the shop. I took a picture of, of me standing in front of the audition. He went back to the office, printed it on tissue paper with my wristband that they gave me. So we put it on the product. So when we went and did the actual audition, I had a picture of me on our product at the at the open casting call audition. So that was like a nice little like, oh, well, that's cool. Like, did wow, that this yeah, morning. You, you bang that out yeah. one day. Yeah. <laughs> so we basically went in there going, look, there's this is probably going to go nowhere. There, this is like, it's wrapped around for blocks. There were 500 entrepreneurs that were going to be there. It was like a crazy, oh, a lot of crazy, you know, people in costumes yeah, and right. stuff. Like that. And we were like, what are we doing? Yeah, so <laughs> we're like, and so we're like, well, whatever. We're just going to leave it all out there. So we went in, said some goofy stuff in front of them and then we kind of dropped the mic and walked out and that was we were fine with that we're like well, we'll see where this goes within two weeks later we had the next call and we just kept going yeah. through the process yeah, I, i'm driving home from work and i see on my you know on my uh screen on my car it says uh you know the area code is 213 and i'm like i think that's la LA. and sure enough it was a producer from shark Tank. like man we saw your audition we'd love to you know get you guys to the next round kind of thing you know like oh man this is crazy enough though once we finally got through all the checkpoints got out there we met all the other entrepreneurs there and they had drastically different stories they were either recruited or they had come in other avenues and when we told them that we went to an open casting they're like what nobody gets in that <laughs> so <laughs> like, oh, the crazies the crazy people do that stuff so we were like well thank god we didn't know that because otherwise yeah. we might not have done it but it worked out for us yeah when you when you think about it all the hoops you have to jump through even and up to getting there and them telling you, well, you, you tape, but this may never make air. Right, exactly. It's surprising that any entrepreneur in the right mind would do this. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing. They all have in common. Nobody's in the right mind. Do you guys there? I mean, it was a fun experience. Whether we were going to make it or not, you know, it was yeah. like, man, let's, let's, let's 
Do, do you guys air December 9th of 2016? Uh, you know, we always like to ask what happened initially following that. So, you know, what were those first couple days like? And were you able to capitalize on uh, some pre-holiday orders? So, yeah. So, yes and no, right? Yeah. So, uh, the initial airing goes. And so, we we, we knew it was going to air. They only gave us, like, two weeks. They tell you the whole time, we yeah. don't know if it's going to air. They give you two weeks. So, we threw together, like, an airing party. And, you know, we work with our website guys. We're like, okay, let's not, let's make sure everything's ducks in a row. But of course it goes, website crashes. Yeah. Um, so we actually cheered. We were like, yeah, that means everybody's coming to our site. Awesome. <laughs> so it was for a while though, but we did. So one of the things, one of the things that's unique with us is at, you know, we had had, um, you know, we had our own website that we had traffic going through, but then we also had uh, a partnership with Zazzle.com. And that was a you know a big portion of the business. And we knew going into it that the audience of Shark Tank isn't, you know, most of the business we do is like with businesses. So, but the audience of Shark Tank who's going to like kind of looky-loo on night of a show would probably be more of a consumer type customer. So we had already told them, hey, if stuff goes on, we're just going to redirect them to your website where our product's at, um, you know, in case or anything. So sure enough, the site goes down, we redirect it to that. So that confused some people, unfortunately. But then also, we did capitalize on a decent amount of it. That was like our best two-week period ever to that point. And it actually was for the, like the next couple of years, you know, that like stretch of airing the first time on Shark Tank. Because it was also, mind you, it's December. It's already our busiest time, which is also <laughs> yeah. interesting timing for us. It's like, okay, it's already literally the biggest two-week stretch of the year. And okay, now Shark Tank's airing. So like, <laughs> it was crazy. We did the best we could. Yeah. We capitalized on everything. But the best thing for the show for us is that it became because they made our episode part of like the holiday episode. Everything there was like winter or, or gifts giving. Mm -hmm. So they start like for the next like four or five years, they always aired it on like Thanksgiving. Yeah, we were always a rerun. It was great. Uh -huh. Relatives are always texting me on yes. Thanksgiving, you know, like, hey, I'm watching you right now. <laughs> so obviously it was never the same spike as the first time, but it was that rewatchability of it all that kind of got in the second tier audiences that really helped kind of continue to grow it. And we got good value off of that as well. So while we didn't, you know, a lot of customers, like a lot of entrepreneurs that we've talked to that were on the show, you know, they, they spike and they can't fulfill it and it kills them for us. Like we couldn't capture everything, but we fulfilled everything we captured. And then, you know, we, every year it comes back around because we're a seasonal product for the most part. And then we capture that again. So, so what, um, what's the business look like now compared to then? Because, you know, in 2016, it was custom bags. Uh, tissue paper, is that still the business? Have you added products? How are you different now compared to when uh, you were on Shark Tank? We have, uh, we've added labels. Um, you know, we're looking at new products to expand into, but you know, bags and tissue are, are, are the bread and butter still. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of, uh, you know, we've branched out with other partnerships and things like that. So, you know, we've kind of focused. Yeah. So we, you know, one of the things that we knew going into this is because we, you know, we use commercial printing equipment that everybody uses, but we obviously our products are very unique and how we do it. So we've always known that we've had the capabilities to go to other digital printed products, but it's so competitive, right? So we always knew going into this that we would stay in our niche and continue to kind of um, ride those, those flagship products. And we've continued to do that. And those have continued to grow year over year. So that's really been working for us. We have, like Brad mentioned, added some ancillary products, but it's still the bags and tissue doing the main driving. I want to go back. We're outside the tank now. We want to get completely caught up, but I want to go back inside the tank for a second. You had some sharks take some shots at you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Robert said, I don't see this going large. Lori said, people throw this stuff away. Cuban said, it takes so many deals. 
uh, Barb said something like, not enough of a market, but you did get a deal. Yeah. What can you tell us about the deal? We know sometimes they, they don't work out, but uh, Mr. W, Mr. Wonderful, <laughs> offered and you accepted. What can you share with us? Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, he was actually kind of uh, one of our favorite. Well, we each had like a favorite shark that we wanted to get to, but we both agreed that Mr. Wonderful would be a great partner. Um, he had actually, and this was, I think this was cut out of the, it was cut out, right? But, yeah, I don't think it ever made that uh, part to air. Uh, we had actually seen him speak at a conference the year before for a, for a printing, uh, a printing conference actually for uh, the vendor, one of the vendors of some of our equipment. Um, he had spoken at that conference and uh, our product happened to be on display at that conference. And so in the, in the filming, you know, when we said we're the only guys making bags and tissue, he was basically like, no, 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 I've seen this. I've seen this product. You're not the only guys making it. In fact, I spoke at a conference last year and I saw this product. And we were like, that's our product. You saw it. He was like, no way. So we kind of knew he already yeah. had an appreciation for it, you know, kind of knew a lot about print. And obviously his background is, you know, he sold a publishing company. So it's kind of like, you know, he, he's going to appreciate our product. Um, and, and he really did, you know, when we talked to him immediately after airing, it seemed like he really liked our product and, and everything like that. But then, yeah, then you get to the real negotiations that aren't on air. And it was, uh, yeah, obviously, as you guys, I'm sure familiar with all the entrepreneurs you've worked with. Yeah, then it gets very nitty gritty and it gets, you know, the hard negotiations. So we made a lot of efforts to try to make it work. And so we were really committed to it. So it dragged out with it went probably another nine, 10 months after airing to like try to hammer it out. And we were really close. Um, to making it work. In the end, it obviously didn't go through. It fell through at the end. So we've been kind of going solo. We were always a bit disappointed that we didn't because we did. You know, we, we felt like Mr. Wonderful had some good connections and maybe some good ideas um, if we could get it to work. But it just, it, for whatever reason, they, they were really particular on what certain things had to be and they weren't really to budge past it. So, you know, yeah. it just it kind of fell through. Yeah, basically they wanted to change the deal that we had made on, on TV. So, um, which is, you know, I understand. Yeah, yeah somewhat. Like, somewhat both parties are under Yeah, yeah, but uh, unfortunately, we just couldn't. We couldn't come to agreements on a new deal. So, what's the future of the business look like for you guys? What's the vision? Where do you see this thing over the next few years? So we. So it's crazy. Right now, like obviously, this past you know, 2020 was insane and just for everybody, right? But one of the things that's really come about is you know we've been continuing to grow um, at a at a pretty consistent rate, uh, but it was kind of lessening year over year then 2020 happens and we don't know what's going to happen right we don't know if we're going to be in business the next day uh or what's going to happen and after those first initial months of kind of everybody kind of staying at home and then because obviously right we're a packaging product that specializes in events and then there weren't any events in 2020 so we were really concerned that that was going to be an issue well after the first initial months we started seeing our product come back and what it turned out is it hadn't been getting usage in other means. One of the things that really exploded in 2020 that we had never foreseen to this level, at least, was it was getting used in arts and crafts. And because everybody was sitting at home with idle hands and time on their hands, that they started doing more of these projects and kind of word started spreading that you could do a lot of cool stuff with these products. And that really started to take off. So all of a sudden, yeah, sorry. Uh, so but all of a sudden it started taking off in a, a space that we never thought about it. And ever since it's been kind of taking off. Meanwhile, things are coming back in the business side of things as well. So we've seen a lot of growth in the last year 
Whereas at one point we thought maybe this could have been the end of them. So we really see it continuing to grow in, in avenues we had never anticipated. How did you figure out the alternate uses of the product uh, from, from- We didn't, we, we didn't. didn't, customers did, yeah. And yeah. that's the truly amazing thing about it is we always kind of felt that the product itself is unique and we had some ideas on what, you know, obviously it goes in a gift bag or you can wrap some stuff with it, but we kind of had a feeling that something would come about. Now, obviously we didn't know what specifically and sure enough, you know, the, the kind of uniqueness of tissue paper in general and the ability to print short quantities, you know, anything you want on it without any color restrictions, people found a cool use for it. And that was completely on the market itself yeah. and, the, and the creative people out there. We had nothing to do with it. Yeah. So decoupage and scrapbooking, those were kind of the two uh, big pieces for it. Well, and, and that's I interesting. Anticipated that. That's interesting too, because you may have by accident figured out a way to be a little less seasonal. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Because that is, while it's still quarter four, like, and, and we, and ever since it's happened, you know, we've been working with the customers and trying to learn as much about that space as we can, and you know, trying to be, you know, kind of fulfill their needs a little bit better. And you're absolutely right. So they are, um, they have other things that drive them other than just you know quarter four holiday season. So it absolutely lends itself to that. And were you reaching out, uh, grabbing data? From the customers to determine they were using it for i think they probably and... posted it on social media well so, so i mean obviously we got feedback from a lot of our customers i mean you know you kind of start noticing certain trends and it's like okay what's going on here and and we did we reached out to customers and and some of them i mean literally told us that it was like oh this is great uh you know this your product's great for this or you can go on zazzle and read reviews about our product people are like oh i'm decoupaging my you know I made a lampshade or look at this picture. I, you know, I decoupaged a piece of furniture. I mean, it's crazy what some of these people are doing with our product. It's well, that's, isn't that, that scrapbooking like industry's massive, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 I mean, we've been working with some people that are in the core portion of the industry and they're like, Hey, we're just scratching the surface. This could be a lot bigger than we think. And it's just, and like, and it's like we we're our capacity over the last year in certain parts of the business have we, you know, we went from, you know, one machine to five, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're just trying to keep up. And obviously last year we had like employee restrictions and, you know, safe pro safety protocols that we're like trying to battle. So like oh, yeah. last year has been a battle on yeah. that front alone, but you know, we're, we're, we feel like it's just the beginning. Yeah. And, and I'm assuming you guys have a facility, you got some machinery, you got a team of people working in there, you do everything in-house? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. In fact, we're looking for a bigger facility right yeah, now. Yeah. Right now we're trying space. to, yeah. cause we know we can't go through the, next holiday season just at the space we're in right now yeah wow what about uh you didn't get a deal from mr wonderful but have you raised money have you uh looked for equity partners so you know we've we thought about it i mean we actually have uh when we originally started the company uh there's a group of 14 investors that originally uh, invested in the company, you know, because we had to, we finished, uh, you know, we had to do a patent for the tissue uh, process. And it's like, it's a capital intensive, uh, you know, uh, product and processes that we do here. So we actually needed some initial investment uh, capital. Um, so we have looked at, you know, I mean, I've talked to a few people in the VC industry, you know, the problem is they want to tell you what to do. <laughs> and uh, we, we don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. So, so it's kind of a problem. So outside of the initial funding, which was basically bare bones just to get us up off the ground, everything else has kind of been organic bootstrapping. You know, we basically, our, our own orders fund the next growth and the, the new things, you know, so we don't, we've never really dealt with like burn rates or anything like that. We've just kind of been operating with our own capital mm -hmm. ever since the very beginning. 
So, and there's been a lot of good with that, but then there's also the downside of, you know, with the cash infusion, we really did hope that, you know, some of the stuff we could work out with Mr. Wonderful would have lended itself to that. But when we opted not to go that route, we never really did, you know, seek, like real seriously seek other suitors in that respect. Yeah. So we just kept going on the path we were on. Part of us thought that like they were going to come out of the woodwork and just start throwing money at us. That did not happen. <laughs> yeah, the money fairy would show That's up. That's right. You know, like, hey, we want to buy you. <laughs> I like how scrappy you guys are. <laughs> I'm curious how people find out about you guys. Um, are you, you know, is one of you owning sales and calling on corporate accounts? Are you heavy into paid digital? You'd mentioned partnerships. I'm just curious how people find their way to you and, and your products. All, all of the above. We throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I, you know, I, I try and contact, uh, reach out to big partners to see if we can, um, you know, strike up some sort of partnership with them. Uh, we do have some social media, although oddly we've kind of, um, uh, just because we've, we've had some capacity issues. So we kind of cooled it on that for a little bit, um, just because we were outstripping our capacity. So it was like, well, great, we'll get more orders and we won't be able to fill them because the whole idea behind our product is that we have to fulfill it quickly, um, you know, so we don't want to upset any, uh, any customers in, in that sense. But, uh, but yeah, those are kind of the, the main channels that, uh, that we were utilizing before. And then again, we just sort of gotten the reputation. We have some people that, that reach out to us. So yeah, and, and we've definitely dabbled in all the kind of the, the various waters, but right now the biggest thing is, is, you know, we've kind of established, like Brad said, within the core industry, um, you know, if you want tissue paper, there's enough people out there that know it's us. And then it's basically word of mouth at this point. So a lot of the main, like we have additional partnerships. When we are on Shark Tank, our biggest one is Dazzle. We've added additional partnerships where we're manufacturing for people. Um, and then they're kind of fronting the, uh, the front end of things. Mm -hmm. um, and we, most of those partnerships, they reached out to us. They heard about us. They wanted, they ended up liking the product. They had, an, you know, a similar portfolio of products and they wanted to add us to it. And then that grows and then we just kind of keep adding those. And so in the terms of like getting those partnerships, almost every single successful one has been, they find us. And that's kind of one of the things that we know Shark Tank's helped with is that, you know, it gets out there. And then obviously you, if you look us up, you can find out stuff about Shark Tank. And, you know, Shark Tank's always one of the nice things about it, even though we never actually got a deal and, you know, it never went to the heights that we were hoping at the time it automatically gives you a sense of like credibility and kind of opens some doors for you. So that has been very helpful as well. It, you know, as you guys look at your journey over the past, you know, gosh, I guess eight or nine years now, what are some of the key lessons that have emerged or, or some of the big things that you guys have learned uh, as you've scaled up the business as entrepreneurs? Mm, good question. Good question. You got one, Brad? You want me to go first? Uh, no, go ahead. I can go ahead. So one of the things that I've, really liked about having to go through our particular journey. And this is one of those things that actually might be a benefit of not having to do with Mr. Wonderful. It's kind of like what we talked about is the, is the bootstrapping angle of what we've done. It really forced us in a lot of different ways to refine our process, to, um, to continue to grind on certain things. And a lot of the developments within our process has been a solution to a problem that money may have been able to fix otherwise, but we had to get creative. Mm -hmm. And we had to kind of do things a little differently. I mean, to be fair, that's how Brad invented the product in the first place was kind of going that same mentality. So 
you know, while it would have been nice to have an influx of cash, um, at, you know, but not having that, I think, led to a lot of creative solutions and ultimately um, led to some really good ingenuity on our end. Yeah, when you're just throwing money at a problem, you're you're generally not taking a deep dive on it. So I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, this is uh, it's it's exciting. Uh, I'm I'm curious. You know, have you guys ever looked at uh, wrapping paper as an option? Uh, we have. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of companies that actually already do uh, wrapping really. Paper. It's okay. Part of the reason we maybe haven't done it, and it's funny because somehow they've. Uh, We've noticed that again, uh, you know, people are doing it and they're doing it very cheaply. Um, and it's almost like, well, how do you make any money doing that? So the nice thing about our products is that they have a decent margin because nobody figured out how to do it. Well, partially because we have, at least on the tissue paper, we have a patent to protect them. So, um, you know, nobody better be doing it the way we're doing it. So. <laughs> have you had to uh, enforce those patents? Not yet. Not yet. No. Not yet. <laughs> And I, I'm not totally surprised because it's like a really crazy process that we yeah. use. I mean, we are using like existing equipment, but we've had, to, you know, we've had to finagle it to do it. And, you know, these are expensive presses that we do it on. And, uh, you know, when you start messing with them, you like void warranties and stuff like that. In fact, uh, in the, in, when we were first developing it, uh, this goes all the way back to the family business. We actually set one of the presses on fire. I mean, like, Set it on fire. I mean, coming out literally the melted the press down. Very cool. Yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah, it, it, it is now yeah. fun to look at. the fun story now. Yeah, the time it was not. Uh, it was not fun. But, you know. but yeah, when we talk to people that are like, and even those who have even the slightest understanding of what we do with it, they just like, yeah, you guys are crazy. We're not going to bother. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what seems like one of the lessons that I'm taking from you guys is just kick ass at the core business. I mean, it's been five years, but you've avoided the temptation of, hey, we're going to just try to, you know, be another Vista print and we're going to make coasters and we're going to make all this low margin stuff that you can find anywhere. So you've really focused on, you know, your proprietary process and let's just be the experts in this area and then take it to, you know, different areas, take it to large companies, um, you know, and, and probably I would assume if with some of these uh, larger accounts, you're able to create some recurring revenue because they're using you for every sales conference. Exactly. Yeah. Our product is a great, is a great in um, to a lot of places. So, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's funny you mentioned Vista Print. I've actually been trying to get in there. So. <laughs> well, I was, I was wondering about that because, you know, and, and, um, I use, I actually, for certain needs, I do use them quite a bit. Um, but it's really cool because, you know, they do those add-on things. So I would never, I would probably never stumble on your product. But during the checkout process, would you right. like to right. add? Well, I'm the sucker that adds all that stuff. So if yeah. it was that tissue paper, and I'm assuming if that type of partnership, the way it would work is, would you then produce it and ship it or you you'd work out a relationship where you would make that that's exactly what we that's do. a big yes. portion of our core business yeah, exactly. obviously not yet with Vistaprint, but maybe someday but like our with with zazzle or any of our other partnerships basically what happens is you know they've got their portfolio product and ours is on there as well you know they go there for greeting cards and business cards and whatever else and then they add tissue paper the tissue paper product comes to us we fulfill it it ships out and you know we handle the the entire manufacturing process and drop ship and everything. So 
that's one of the portions that our business has really taken off also on the business side of things is like, we still do a good amount of direct sales and we are always welcome to do that and take care of our customers that way. But we also have plenty of other customers who have existing clientele that they offer our product to as well. So, you know, we, we are very much in the ballpark of like, we don't really care how the product gets to the end user. It's like, look, we want people to have our product. And as long as we're manufacturing it and getting it to you, we really don't care who gives it to it, us directly or another partner who can also maybe better service that industry better than we can. Well, the, and what I jotted down, and, and this is not actual business terminology, but I just called it add-on distribution, right? So they're, they're buying something else through someone else and right. they just tack it on. Well, again, to your point, who the hell cares where the order comes from? Those right, are orders right. you never would have. Uh, and, and then maybe they buy from you directly next time once they you know, learn who built it. And so I think yes. that's fantastic. That's a, that's a great idea. Right. So, well, we appreciate your time, guys. Where can people buy the product? I'm assuming your website, but where's the best place to buy the product? And then how can they follow you on social media to see other ways to use the product? And I'm sure there's also some creative things you share around, you know, what companies and some of your clients are doing really cool with the product. Yeah. yeah. So our website is didgraph.com. Uh, a good source on there would be go to our blog. It uh, has a great a bunch of ideas and uses that we've seen over the years, cool stuff that our, our customers have done with it. Um, and that's where you'll see a lot of the imagery, like the decoupage that we talked about. We have a bunch of specific stories in there that talk about very interesting customers of ours as well. Uh, and then um, our, our social media links are all on the website. But then, you know, if you're, you know, it depends who you are. Um, we deal primarily with businesses on our site. So if you're using for a business use, that's a great source. We always like to promote Zazzle as they're, they do a fantastic job handling the the consumer customers because a lot of times customers they like the product but they don't have artistic creativity they don't know how to set artwork they don't know how they don't have a you know a marketing team to put down their design like they want it and they've got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of designs that you can just one couple clicks put it on a tissue paper it comes out so you can fill it goes out so we always say you know check out tissue paper and bags at zazzle.com as well if that's more your you know that's your avenue to get orders you know what I'm going to do when I go home? We don't want to know what you're going to do. I'm going to go to Hey, hey like, Joe, here's the deal. When when you when you and I leave this office, that's it till the next day. I don't want to hear from you. I don't know want to know what you do. If I get a text from you, I don't I don't look at it. Well no, I haven't done any decoupage since I was seven years old in Catholic school. So I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna funny. order some tissue with my face on it. I'm gonna decoupage my wife's Peloton. There you awesome. go. There you go. There you go. Send us a picture, <laughs> yeah, man. I want to see that. I, gotta, I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, we so appreciate the time. This was a blast, and yeah, uh, look forward to following along in the uh, the future of Digirat. We're big fans. All right, Thank thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, we're back for the post game. Great interview. Great guys. Really fun, cool business. Joe, what do we learn? Love the post game. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Accidents happen. Sometimes you have pleasant accidents that happen in business. And accidentally, they figured out how to be less seasonal. And I like that. I like for uh, you to be open to accidents and actually be looking for accidents in your business. Sometimes we don't look for things that hit us. We see them as maybe a negative. But look for happy accidents in your business. Look for stuff that's just around the corner. 
the big lesson that I took away from these guys, and I mentioned this in the pregame, they're scrappy. These are two very, very scrappy, intelligent, hardworking, clear-thinking gentlemen. And they didn't have a lot of money to throw at problems. And when you don't have a lot of money to throw at problems, you have to become very, very creative. And I think that's very cool. I think that's better than just throwing money at a problem, either your own capital or capital you raised. I think sometimes that could be wasteful. It could also take you away from being really, really creative and finding better solutions. So I think you find better solutions when you're scrappy, when you're in that hustle mode. Uh, so I like their creativity. I like the creativity that comes from being a Brad and Charlie, being scrappy, being on the hustle, not having a ton of money to throw at a problem. I really, really love that. The last thing is they stayed very, very focused on tissue, on that product. I think it's very, very easy to chase a lot of other SKUs, but they, they stayed very focused on that product. Yeah, what I had wrote down was know your core business. And, you know, they carved out a nice niche. Mm -hmm. Be the experts in that. And maybe somebody wants to acquire you down the line. There's probably different things you can do. But, you know, you figured out how to manufacture something that's kind of tricky and a little tough. And others have come to you that haven't really been able to figure it out. So why now say, oh, well, we're going to be experts in bags and we're going to be experts in creating the gifts that go in the bags and we're going to be experts at 12 other things related to corporate yeah. gifting or conferences or, oh, we're going to be in the name tag business now. <laughs> why, why worry about that? I mean, at a certain size and scale, you can absolutely get into other verticals and create complementary products. But as you're, I mean, we, Joe, we see people that barely have a business but think they're experts at that business and think they're so damn creative that they can then create six other complementary products. And whoa, Pete, hold on a second here, buddy. You haven't even figured out your core business, but now you're trying to be an expert at six other products yeah. and verticals and maybe different markets. Makes no sense. So I like people. I'm always going to favor the person that's too mission focused, too focused on their core business too uh, narrow-minded versus someone that's so scattered that before they figure the first thing out, they're on to six other things. Yeah. So I as, shiny business. Yeah. As, as an investor <laughs> or as someone that was betting on these guys, I would rather them be as focused as they are. So I like that. And again, the the time comes when we can expand into other things in any company. But until you really figure that out and you're knocking the cover off the ball and you have the time and money to do invest in other things, resist the urge. Right. Um, and I just like the fact that these guys are willing to try different things. You know, we see so many entrepreneurs that are so focused on, oh no, this is my market, or oh no, this is where we need to be selling the product, or oh no, that'll never work. These guys are like, look, we don't know what the hell is gonna work, so we're gonna try a bunch of different things, we're gonna be very creative in marketing, we're not gonna shut down any idea, and we'll keep trying different ways to sell and distribute our product until we figure out one or a couple that work really, really well. It, <laughs> and if you move at that pace, and you're willing to try those things, good things will happen. But when you sit there waiting, or you aren't willing to try things, and you aren't willing to take chances in terms of sales, marketing, distribution, partnerships, whatever that looks like, 
it's really tough to grow. We call it falling in love with your own ideas or your own voice, and it's so, so critical to stay open and be open. Um, I just, uh, again, I, I just love these guys. I love the hustle. I love where their business is going. We've gotten to know them. They're really good dudes. They are. So uh, if you need their uh, custom tissue paper, hit them up, digirap.com. Uh, really, really great guys. Support them if you can. Uh, it was great having them on here. It's been great getting to know them and hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, every Tuesday, brand new episode of Outside the Tank. Uh, we've got a lot more interviews coming. So go back in the archives and listen to some of the great episodes we've done if you're new to the show. And uh, stay tuned because we got a whole new slate of episodes coming over the coming months. <laughs> Absolutely. And we do this Growth 10 thing. We help entrepreneurs grow their business faster. We do that through bringing them together in small groups to really work on each other's business, work on their decisions or strategies, share best practices. It's a very dynamic environment. So if you want to grow faster, if you want to plug into a group of like-minded peers, give us a shout at growth10.com. All right, we'll see you next week on an all-new episode of Outside the Tank.